So I'm not going to be long tonight because I know you guys have a party to get to because you guys look pretty amazing. It's very good. I just flew in from Sacramento. I was here yesterday and then flew to Sacramento last night, spoke this morning, flew back, got here this afternoon. The people I was talking to this morning are nowhere near as cool as you guys are, just so you know. A bunch of really smart, nerdy people, you know? So anyway, so here's what we're going to talk about. So do you guys take notes? How many of you take notes? Yeah, so I'm going to give you some stuff pretty fast and then I'm going to let you do what you do with it. Um, there's an old saying, it goes like this, right? Uh, information without action is useless, right? And a lot of times people get information and they go, oh, this is great, but they don't do anything with it. And so now they have lots of information they're just carrying around that they don't do anything with and it's really kind of useless, right? But here's the flip side of that. Bless you. Action without information is dangerous. So information without action is useless, but action without information is dangerous. If you do stuff without the right information, you can get hurt. You can do stupid stuff sometimes in life and you can wind up getting hurt. And let me tell you guys something. You're at an age right now, you're at a place in your life where you can start doing really smart stuff, taking yourself on to create the kind of stuff that you really want with your life. Brittany said, I get to work with NASA. I get to work with some cool people, right? I do. I get to go to some awesome places. I didn't graduate from college. I left after my freshman year. I got sick and I left. But it hadn't stopped me because I met somebody about 11 years ago. There was a leadership training guy. And he was the most intense person I'd ever been around in my whole entire life. But he really blessed me because he was the kind of guy that would get in my face and go, hey, man, you're better than that. Like I would do something or say something and I'd run off at my mouth and he'd just kind of get in my face and go, you're better than that. He owned a multi-million dollar, he had about 50-some employees, multi-million dollar leadership training company. He was an amazing guy, right? But he changed my life because he was willing to call me on my stuff. And sometimes in your life, you need somebody that cares enough about you to get in your face and say, I call crap on you. It's bull. You're just making up these stories. You're telling yourself these stories. You're, you're creating all these scenarios that really don't serve you in being the best version of yourself. And here's what I know. You don't need to compare to what anybody else in this world is doing. Who you need to compare to is the person you were yesterday and just decide that you want to be a little bit better because leadership you will learn in leading yourself is a lot of times just deciding to put one foot in front of the other because there's going to be days when you wake up and you're going to feel like life sucks. Sorry, are you offended yet? Because you need to get offended. There was your thing and now you can be offended. I know it's awful. But you're going to wake up some days and you're going to go, this stinks. My parents are acting stupid, my mom's acting crazy, the dogs chewed up my stuff, right? It's raining outside, my teachers don't get me, my friends aren't acting right, my social media account doesn't work, right? Something's up, and you go, oh my God, life stinks, and then you just decide the whole day that you're going to have a life or a day that stinks, and what happens is that day turns into a week, and the week turns into a month, and the month turns into a year, and you look back, like many of the people I'm in front of, that look back at their life and go, you know, my life just didn't ever work. It's because they weren't willing to do the work on themselves daily to get better. Write this down. Change doesn't happen in a day. It happens daily. Change is a process. It's not a one-time event. You get to wake up each day and go, hey, I can be a little bit better today than I was yesterday. So guess what you get to do? You get to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what could I do better? Many people don't want to do that. You know why? Because they want to be comfortable. Please write this down. Comfort's an addiction. So don't ever judge somebody that has an addiction to drugs or an addiction to alcohol or addiction to whatever else because many of us, many people sitting in this room are addicted to comfort. It's the same addiction. It's just a different high. 
And so be careful how you judge somebody else and be careful of how you look at whatever the people are doing. The best thing you'll learn to do is to look at yourself, look in the mirror and go, what can I do better? If you choose to do that day in and day out, one day you'll wake up and go, you know what? My life's working. I've gotten better. Some people think that success is being the best. Success is simply being your best. Because there's a lot of people out there that I know that say they're successful, but when I get to know them as a person, there's not a whole lot about them that I respect. One of the greatest things that you can have in your life is self-respect. And the only way that you get it is to look at yourself, call yourself on the carpet and go, hmm, I can do that a little better, and then be willing to do it. A lot of people don't want to do it. They think they're entitled. Let me tell you, there's two types of entitlement. I know I'm giving you a lot fast, but this is how I roll. You can handle it. You're young. There's two types of entitlement. You know what kind they are? There's the first one, which says, my life works. It's going great. Yours doesn't, so I deserve special treatment. Have you ever met somebody like that? My parents were rich. We had a lot of money. I grew up in the nice town, right? So guess what? I deserve special treatment. But there's a reverse kind of entitlement, too. And it's where you go, my life's so bad. Yours is working. Yours is good. Mine stinks. So I deserve special treatment. It's called entitlement. Write this little phrase down. Entitlement's the fastest road to mediocrity. You want a mediocre life? Operate with entitlement. Act like somebody owes you something. I grew up in a little bitty town. My dad was a brick mason. He built houses. Right? Most awesome guy I'd ever met in my life. Ronnie Sr. I'm a junior, right? I grew up. My dad worked really, really hard. My uncles, they smoked. They drank. Had three uncles on my mom's side. Two of them went to prison for murder. Three uncles on my dad's side. Two of them went to prison for murder. I grew up looking around at my family going, you know what? I like you, but I just don't want to be like you. But let me tell you something. If I hadn't decided to do some work on me as I was growing up, guess what I would have become like? The people that I was hanging around. If you only get a few things from me tonight, here's a couple of things that I want to leave with you. Number one, you become like the people that you hang around. So be really, really careful of who you give your time to. You go, wow, does this mean I get to judge all the people that I'm around? No, you can love people from a distance. You start going to school and you start seeing that some of the people that are around you don't act right and they're doing stuff that you know in your heart that's not of God, what you would be your best version of yourself being, then you got to go ahead and say, hey, I love you, but I'm going to love you from a distance. And here's my question. If you love people from a distance sometimes and choose to step away from them, here's a question for you. Do you think they might say something ugly about you? Yes or no? You think when you start acting right and other people don't, you think they might have something negative to say about you? Yes or no? Yes. What other people think of you is none of your business. And the best thing you'll ever do in your life is to not worry about anybody's opinion except two people. You want to know who those two people are? God and yourself. Everybody else's opinion can go. So when you decide, hey, what does God say about me? Well, God says I can do this. He has plans for me that I'm more than a conqueror, right? That I am that person. When you decide that and own it, I'm not talking about saying just playing with it and go, yeah, I think this is who I am probably. I mean that you wake up each day and go, you know what? This is who I choose to be today. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says to me. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about me. This is who I'm going to choose to be. Guess what? In those moments, you become powerful. Otherwise, you become a victim. And many of you in here live like victims a lot of times. You don't get it. 
Let me tell you how this works. I'm going to give you guys about 20 minutes of the best stuff I got. I'm going to leave you with it, and I'm going to go. And you're going to party. You're going to wear your awesome outfits, and it's going to be amazing. Let me tell you, there's six steps to something called a belief system, and I'm going to tell you how all of you operate with them. You do 99% of what you do based on a belief system. How you act, based on a belief system. What you say, based on a belief system. What you do on a day-to-day basis, your habits, based on belief systems that you don't know you have. When I had this mentor come along in my life, he started busting up my belief systems because he held me accountable for what I was saying and what I was doing. And I started going, but it just doesn't feel right for somebody to call me on the carpet like this all the time. But he kept doing it. And over time, I started to change. And I started to get better. Would you guys like for me to tell you the six steps to a belief system? You want to know what they are? Yeah? Here's how they go. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give it to you fast. I need you to write it down. I want you to write it down in this order. Six steps to it. Here's the first part. First word. Say this word with me. Circumstance. Say it. Circumstance. Here's the second word. Details. Say details. Third word. Thinking. Say thinking. Fourth word. Feeling. Fifth word. Experience. Last words, belief systems. So here's what's happening in your life. When somebody shared this with me, it started to change the way I looked at my whole life. Because I was just running on autopilot. How many of you have ever driven home after maybe a long day at school or a day at work? And you pull up in your driveway and you don't even remember how you got there. Have you ever done that before? You're like, how did I get here? Especially if you're on the phone or listening to your favorite song or whatever you're doing. You show up and you're like, how did I get here? It's because you started running on autopilot. Belief systems on an unconscious level kicked in that you didn't even realize were happening. They were running you. And you wind up pulling up in your driveway and you go, how did I get here? If you're not careful, you'll do that for many of the days of your life. And you'll look back. And somebody will say, hey, what did you have for breakfast this morning? And you go, oh, I can't even remember. Why? Because you get so busy because what happens is your belief systems start kicking in. Here's how it goes. You deal with a circumstance. How many of you deal with circumstances all day, every day? Yes or no? How many of you have ever dealt with a circumstance before that was pretty powerful that kind of rocked your world a little bit and you're like, wow, that's different? Here's what happens. Circumstance. You go through a circumstance. You pull out specific details. Now, there's probably 60 people in here tonight, 50, 60 people sitting in here. 60 people, as you walk away from tonight, how many of you would say that you all saw different details? Yes or no? Yes. You all pull out specific details, different things. Then, when you get home, you start thinking about those details that you pulled out. Am I going too fast or is this okay? You pull out specific details, then you think about them. Guess what follows your thinking? Feelings. And guess what happens? The moment you mix thinking and feelings, you create something called an experience. So when you leave here tonight, you will have had an experience of what went on here at Real Life Church. Fair enough? And then once you run experiences through your mind over and over and over again, like you do from the things that went on for you when you were a child, when you were a kid, somebody said something to you, gave you some circumstance that at the time hurt you, you create these experiences in your mind and you run them over and over again, then you develop something called a belief system. Fair enough? You guys with me so far or did I leave? You guys got it. A belief system. Here's how belief systems work. You want to see it? This is how they work. Aren't these stupid looking? Yes or no? These are pretty stupid, aren't they? But for a party, they're pretty cool. But pretty stupid. 
I got a picture from the people at NASA. They sent it to me. They all had on these lenses. Now, these are some of the smartest people in the world, right? On the planet, at least. And they sent me this because they got that these lenses were running their life. But here's how it goes. These represent belief systems in my life. And so because I've gone through things, thought about things, attached some feeling to it, created an experience, and ran that experience in my mind over and over again, like my friend walked out of me, my friend gossiped, I got a bad break, I got hurt, my parents divorced, I went through something. You develop these belief systems in your mind, and everything that you look at on a day-to-day basis, you filter through these. Does that make sense? Yes or no? Yes. So once you develop a set of lenses, here's the catch. They're so unconscious that you don't know they're there. Does this make sense? Yes. How many of you have ever worn glasses before and you've said, hey, where are my glasses? And you were wearing them. Have any of you have ever done that before? I was walking through security about three years ago in Charlotte, North Carolina. I go through security. It's like six in the morning. I'm talking to my wife on the phone. I get about, I don't know, 500 feet from security as I'm talking to my wife. And I go, oh, crap. And she goes, what? And I go, I think I left my phone at security. Here's what my wife says. Oh, God, you need to go get it. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And I turn around walking, and then I go, oh, wait. She goes, what? I go, babe, I'm on my phone with you. She goes, yeah, it's early, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Listen, hear me. Please hear me. You have belief systems in your life already. Please get this. That you don't know you have, and they filter everything that you see. Here, you got to get this. This might change the way you do your life. This isn't just more head knowledge. A lot of people pay a lot of money for this kind of stuff. They did this morning. I was in Sacramento this morning training chemists of an $11 billion a year company. When I was done, they were just sitting there scratching their head. Really brilliant people. Why? Because they didn't recognize that they were looking at their relationships, their life, how they showed up, their money, their physical health, all their stuff through lenses because they didn't know they're there. That's the trick with lenses and belief systems. You don't know you have them. But here's the catch. Once you have them on, and you start looking at your friends, your relationships, your grades, how the world's going on around you. Here's the catch. Once you believe something, because you're so powerful, you start looking for circumstances to prove how right you are. So if I think my friends are gossiping about me, even though they're not, I'll create all this emotion and all these thoughts about them because I need to be right. This is what your belief systems do. Your brain drips something called dopamine every time you decide you're certain about something. This is why labels matter. This is why when September 11th happened, what, 16 years ago, terrorism was so bad because it robbed certainty from all the people on our planet. Everybody goes, oh my God, she's a terrorist. He's a terrorist. They're terrorists. You know what it did? It robs people of the certainty they thought that they had. Your lenses tell you, create certainty. Walk into the room. Decide that somebody's talking about you. Decide that your parents really don't care about you. Decide that the world is bad. Decide that nobody loves you. And if that's what you decide to believe, you'll start creating circumstances to align with that. Here's the problem. Once you create a circumstance that's in alignment with that, it turns around and then reinforces your belief system because you get to see the results that you've produced. And so then you get to say, Wow, I'm so right. This is how it always happens. You're creating your own reality right now. So guess what? If you're choosing not to be happy, it's because you don't really want to be. Some people are going, no, 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 no. You don't know what they've done to me. One of my closest friends, a guy named Kevin. Kevin and Melissa launched the church 20 years ago. I just spoke at their 20-year anniversary. They launched a church 20 years ago. They have their kids in the back. 
Brandon and Brian, twins, nine years old. They just launched the church. They're sitting at a stoplight. Somebody runs through the light, crushes the back end of their car, kills Brandon. Kevin tells me, now this is the dad. He says, you don't know what pain is till you've looked over your back seat and you've seen your little nine-year-old son strapped in dead. He goes, you don't know how much that feels, how bad that feels. You don't know what it's like. But he says, you don't really understand the power of God until you look at something and say, wait a minute. What can I create in this situation that's going on? Because how many of you would say that you can go through bad things in your life and if you decide it's the end of you, it will be. Write this down. I can make myself miserable or I can make myself strong. Either way, it takes the same amount of work. It has everything to do with your lenses. And for some people, it ain't funny. Some people's lenses go, oh, this gets serious. Or no, I don't need this because I'm too cool. Some lenses say, hey, I'm the smartest person in the room. I had some of those this morning, all the chemists in the room. We busted that up in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Let me tell you this. You're in a great spot with great people around you. But if you're creating negativity, if you're saying, it shouldn't be this way, it's because you're getting some payoffs for it. Write this little phrase down. This might help you. Every choice you make, there's a cost. Say cost. And a benefit. Say benefit. So here's my question. Are there benefits to choosing to look at your life like you're a victim? Yes or no? You ever met somebody that every time you talk to them, they're like, well, things are just going so bad. It's just so rough. Have you ever met somebody like that? Always takes the whole story, turns it back around to how bad things are that they're going through. You ever talked to somebody like that before? Yes. Do you think there's benefits to thinking that way? Yes or no? Yes. Some people go, no, there's no benefits to thinking that way. But here's what I know. If there were no benefits, people wouldn't keep doing it. Some people say this to me all the time. They say, Ronnie, I don't know why I keep losing my temper all the time. I go, well, what's the benefit of you losing your temper? And they go, there ain't one. And I go, bull crap. They say, how so? I say, because if there wasn't a benefit, you wouldn't keep doing it. You don't do anything that you're not seeing that there's a payoff. And so deciding to not take your life on and be really responsible in your life, there's lots of benefits to that. But guess what? It can cost you everything that God created you to be. When I got that, I finally started waking up each day going, what am I going to create today? Instead of, I wonder what they're going to do to me. I wonder how bad it's going to be. I wonder how the weather's going to be. I wonder if it's going to be bad. I wonder if my family's going to act stupid. Right? I wonder. I'm just wondering. I wonder how traffic's going to be. You start thinking those things. That's what you look for. That's what grows in your life. But the moment you decide to say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to look at my life through any sense of victim lenses. Then you become really powerful. So every choice you make, there's a cost and benefit. Would you guys like to tell me to tell you some of the benefits of playing a victim? Have you ever met somebody that likes to play victim? Come on, be honest. Yes or no? How many of you have ever played victim? Come on. Yes and raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying. We all do it. Because let me tell you a little secret. At school, you can be very responsible. But when you go home and get around your parents, you can decide to play victim. Mom, dad, it's just so bad. You wouldn't believe how they do me all the time. 
It's just awful. Now, when you go to school and you're around your friends, you're like, no, we can do it, we can do it. But because when you get home, your parents will go, oh, it's okay, don't worry. You decide to put on a set of victim lenses. Some people are really responsible in their marriage, but when they go to work, they act like victims. Or when they go to work, they're really responsible and they get it done, but then they go home just like that. Will you hear me that? I just don't want anybody to trip and fall. Thank you. They're really responsible on their job, but when they get home, they start complaining, acting like a victim. You know why? Because their spouse will go, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that it's so bad. You can click into either character at any time in your life. When you're done tonight, I'm just going to challenge you to ask yourself, which lens am I wearing here? And it's either going to be one called, I'm responsible, I own my feelings, I own what's going on, and I do something to change it. Or you put on a lens called, I'm a victim, everybody does this to me, and the world is out of control around me. I asked Ed, I said, Ed, what do you want me to talk to him about? Ed said, I'll ask some of the leaders. He sends me a text and says, hey, some of the leaders, some of the people in the group just wanted to know, what do you do when things around you are outside your control? How many of you have ever thought that before? What do I do when things outside of me are just out of my control? Tell you a little secret. There's only one thing in this world, in this life, that you'll ever be able to control. And that's you. Everything else will be outside of your control. The only thing you can control is you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about the benefits of choosing to put on a lens that really disempowers you. But I'm going to show you the benefits and you go, man, this looks pretty good, right? But then I'm going to show you what it's going to cost you. Fair enough? Does that make sense? Really quick and then I'm done. This is maybe one of the best things that ever got dropped on me because I started going, oh my gosh, I've been looking at my life through a set of lenses like a victim that when I grew up, I got molested. My uncles are stupid. They like killed somebody. That must mean I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, like them, huh? My family, some of my family lived in trailers. So I guess probably I'll live in a trailer because they did. So yeah, that's probably how it's going to be. I looked at those lenses. I looked at my life through those lenses. And I started noticing the results that I was producing were nowhere near what the God that I had started to serve said about me. And I started going, hey, wait a minute. You're not going to control my life anymore. But then they'd want to kick right back on. And here's why, because there's lots of benefits. I'm going to give you four of them, and then I'm going to be done. Four. Four benefits to acting like a victim. Many people in the world act like victims. You may do it sometimes, but when you leave here tonight, I'm just going to ask you to shift out of it and go, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to be responsible. Here's the four benefits. If you're ready, say I'm ready. If you want it, say I want it. Here's how they go. Number one, benefit of acting like a victim is you get to avoid accountability. What does that mean? Well, I was supposed to be at the meeting at nine, <laughs> but traffic was so bad. That's why I'm late. You just went victim to the traffic. I couldn't pay attention in class because it was so hot. <laughs> Air conditioning wasn't working. It was just so hot I couldn't pay attention. So now you've gone victim to the air conditioning. Does that make sense? Yeah. I couldn't focus because the dog was barking. Now you're a victim to the dog. Does this make sense? Yeah. I just couldn't do it with my friends. I know they said something bad about me. Now you're a victim to what somebody else said. 
I'm not saying that that makes you a bad person. Please hear me. Some people hear that and they go, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person. You can put on that lens and you can go victim to your opinion. These lenses take over. The first thing they do is they allow you to avoid accountability. Here's what I know about many people. Not you guys. Your powerhouses. You're here. A lot of people don't want accountability. You know why? They'd rather cruise through life and just go, hey, it ain't my fault. It's my parents' fault. It's how my dad acts. how my mom acts. how my cousin acts. It's how the president acts. It's how the pastor acts. It's how Ed acts. It's how Brittany acts. It's how people in this community act. That's why I am the way I am. In those moments, you're just a victim to what's going on outside of you. Avoiding accountability. Write this little phrase down. Accountability breeds responsibility. If you decide to be accountable for something, you'll grow in your responsibility towards it. If you don't set big goals and hold yourself accountable to it, guess what? You won't ever grow into it. And then you'll just get to be right about how you couldn't do it. That's all. Second benefit, you guys are going to like this one. Yeah, I like this one. It's already good, I can tell. It's going to be good. Relax, it's going to be really good. Putting these lenses on puts you in a safe place. Okay, well, wait a minute, what? Safe place. It's now. If I go victim to what's going on around me, then I get to stay in a safe place because then nobody can point the finger and say it was my responsibility. You guys need something back there? Y'all good? Everybody all right? Okay. You get to stay in the safe place. When you were a kid and you cried in your baby crib, what happened? Tell me what happened when you were crying in your baby crib. What happened? Your mom and dad what? Showed up. Somebody showed up to give you a bottle Wipe your butt to do whatever, right? So was crying, in a sense, a safe place? Absolutely. So you started creating these belief systems that if I can just cry and whine and act a little bit like, ah, I can't do it myself, somebody will show up and rescue you. Here's the problem with the church. I speak in churches all the time. A couple times a weekend. A couple times a month. Sometimes a couple times in a weekend. Sometimes three or four times in a weekend. A lot of people say this to themselves. When I'm weak, God is what? Strong. So they decide to stay weak because they want God to show up strong in their life every day. It's playing a victim to God. God will never solve a problem. He's given you the tools to solve yourself. But if you play victim, you'll go, please, God, come fix it. And he won't. Maybe God doesn't want to solve your problem. Maybe he's waiting on you to grow into the person that can solve it yourself. Safe place. We like those. <laughs> Somebody come take care of me. Here's the third benefit. This one was the most important one for me when I realized that I was living like a victim in a lot of areas of my life. Third one is I get to save face. Here's what that means. <laughs> I get to save face. So I've created an image that I like have it kind of figured out and this is the way the world is and this is how I know everybody's going to treat me and so I create that image and I hide behind it all the time. How many of you have ever hid behind an image? Come on. 
you're not raising your hand is because you don't want to raise your hand and somebody see you and mess up that image that you have it all figured out. <laughs> Saving face. This is where you say, well, for me to get lots of attention, I've got to be silly all the time because that's what gets me attention. And so no matter what I go through, no matter what I walk through, I'll just decide to be silly. I'll crack jokes all the time. I don't have to be authentic. I don't have to be vulnerable. I'll just create an image because that's what gets people to like me. And so I'm going to live that image. I don't really like me because I've been bold and authentic and took my life on. Now I'm just saving face. I've created a facade and I hide behind it. It's called saving face. Here's the fourth one. And this is the one that I, I pray that you will look at. Anytime you get ready to say, wait a minute, it shouldn't be this way. Here's what I would ask that you notice and shift out of this one. The fourth one, the fourth benefit to wearing those victim lenses is that you get to control others through manipulation. What's this mean? Well, Things are just too hard. Life's just too tough. Nobody's that nice. The world is messed up. It's the devil. <laughs> you don't know how much the devil's attacking me. It's just this hard. And guess what happens when you start saying, I can't do it. There's just no way that I can do it. Guess what happens? People run up and they start patting you on the back and they start rescuing you. Now, is there anything wrong with having a friend that'll step up at some point and go, hey, I know you're struggling, but I want to support you. Is there anything wrong with that? Yes or no? No, but we've got to be careful that we don't look for that so much that we come enabled in becoming this much lesser version of ourselves than what we could actually be. So you control people through manipulation. I used to do it to my wife. I'd come home and I'd go, oh my gosh, I was doing this real estate deal today. Oh my gosh, and these people were supposed to buy this property. And I didn't, and I was just so tired. <laughs> and I'm just like beat down and worn out. <laughs> Can you please go fix me something to drink? And she's like, yeah, honey. And then she'd go do it. I had controlled her through manipulation. Does that make sense or no? How many of you have ever tried to control your parents through manipulation? Come on, be honest. Woo, good God, that's everybody. That's good. That's good. I'll raise my hand too. But guess what? It disempowers you from creating real solutions that serve the people around you. It will get you attention. Please hear me. Playing the victim will get you attention, but it'll get you the wrong kind of attention. And over time, people start going, oh, it's hard having that person around. But when you notice that you're doing these things, saying, hey, maybe I just don't want to be accountable. I want to stay here in this little safe place. I want to cry, not have to do anything. I want to save face, create this image, this facade that's not really real. It's not who I am. Or I'm trying to control people through manipulation. The moment you recognize this, you go, wait a minute. I don't want to be that person. I want to be something called responsible. And responsible means this. Please write down this definition. I am at cause for my experience. I am at cause for my experience. I'm at cause for my experience. Say that. I am at cause for my experience. Did I say I am at cause 
of the circumstances around me. None. What it means is, I'm at cause for what I'm creating regardless of what I'm walking through. So, everybody else around me is going crazy. That doesn't mean I have to. Does that make sense? Everybody else in the world acts stupid sometimes. Does that mean I have to? No. Here's what we say about being responsible. Do you guys know that you don't drown by falling into the water? You drown when the water gets in you. There's a difference. When you choose to be responsible, you can stand in the midst of a lot of things coming at you and you go, wait a minute, if I'm choosing to not feel okay about this, I'm at cause for that. What if I were to take this water, hey guys, and dump it on like a bunch of you? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my God, did you just do that? Oh my God. How many of you got hit with the water just now? Yeah. What did you create in this now? What, did, what, did it, what experience did you just have? You're shocked. What about you? Surprised. Anybody else? Come on, what? I was covering my notebook. I got to guard something. What else? What did you feel? Come on, what went on for you? That annoyed me. What else? You're excited to see how we're going to use it. So I'm excited. I'm guarded, right? I, I, I was frustrated. Is that what you said? So you got five different answers from five different people. Question. Does this water have some power? This water does not. Everybody goes, yes. Then I'm like, it doesn't. They're like, I knew that. Here's how we know this water doesn't have power. The water didn't change, but all the responses were different. If the water had the power, all the responses would be exactly the same. So let me tell you this, guys. Here's what you get from tonight. Life is the water. It's going to hit you in a lot of different ways, from different directions, all different times in your life. And you have a choice in every moment. You can either put on the victim lens and go, oh my God, that water shouldn't have hit me. Or you can go, wait a minute, I'm going to be responsible and create something that causes me to be joyful, peaceful, kind, compassionate, and awesome. It doesn't matter how much I get hit with because I'm going to keep going. Here's what I said to you earlier tonight, and I looked right at you when I said it. Sometimes leadership is just putting one foot in front of the other, but you've got to know what it is that you're walking towards to ever get there. You've got to decide earlier on in your life that this is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to work towards, and then put one foot in front of the other moving towards that. If not, water will come along, and it will knock you off your path. And the good thing about it is it knocks you off the path, and you go, it's the water's fault. But then the results that you will produce will be in alignment with a victim lens. Instead of saying, wait a minute, they talked ugly about me. It's just water. Let me tell you this. The more you go for your goals in life, the more people will talk about you. The more they'll go, wow, you're just different. Who do you, who do you think you are? But even when they say that to you, you get to go, this is water. And when you really work on yourself enough to where you believe that that's true, you can keep going higher and higher and higher on the, ladder, on the ladder of success. And when the hits come at you, you just keep going. That's what leaders do. And let me tell you this, guys. You're here for a reason, and the world needs you to do that. The world needs you. If you won't do it for you and go, oh, I'm doing this for me, do it for the people that you care about. Do it for your kids. You go, I don't have kids yet. Visualize the day that you will. 
I look at my three-year-old daughter a lot in the back seat. Her name's Kennedy. She's about this high. She stopped growing at like 18 months. I swear, she just doesn't get any bigger. She's full of personality, but she's a little bitty. It's like a little midget on crack. It's crazy. <laughs> but sometimes I'm driving down the road, and I look back in the back seat at my little daughter, Kennedy, who's three, and she's sitting there in a little high seat, right? In a little high chair seat, riding along. And I look at my wife, and I go, that's somebody's grandmother sitting back there. And it's funny, until you think about it, she will grow up, she will have kids, her kids will have kids, and so the impact that I make on her life right now is affecting kids that aren't even born yet. And so when you decide to get your attitude right and just say, I'm going to be the best version of me, you're affecting and impacting people that you've not even met yet. And that's called responsibility because the world won't get better by default. It only gets better by design. And you've got to get to work designing the future you want. Here's the last thing I want you to know. You're either creating a palace or a prison. Either way, you'll have to live in it. Decide today. There's two lenses. Check yourself continually. Don't beat yourself up and go, oh my God, I'm acting like a victim. Just go, wait a minute. I can change right now. I'm going to be responsible. When you do that, I'm telling you, your world will line up around you, and one day you'll look back on your life and you go, you know what, I'm proud of what I created. And know this, nothing that's easy will ever make you proud. Get after it. You deserve it, our world needs you, and you can do it. Did you guys get anything at all out of this tonight? This was fast. Awesome. You guys rock. Sorry about the water. <laughs>